and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I'm Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, Zachary Dietz. I know that he has been getting a little bit upset when I do not ask him how you're doing. So, Zach, I am dying to know. How are you doing today? Honestly, man, we're in a time pinch. Let's just get it rolling. No, nah, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm doing <laughs> good, man. No, nah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited about another exciting week, football, both college and NFL, and you know, to be honest, I mean, I love our, uh, we typically record on Mondays and Wednesdays, you know, Mondays we have fun talking about position groups or whatever, but I really do love the betting show, man. Like it's fun. I'm a little bit behind you, but I'm catching up a little bit. I'm pretty sure we tied this week, right? This week, this week we were both, uh, a strong 15, 16 and one. I, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. What are we at overall? Let's, let's see. For the year, I'm, right now you're just you're just seven games behind me. That's not too bad, but you can make that up this week. I could, and I will. Actually, you know what? This week is very, very tough. Yeah, this week maybe a lot, a lot of, a lot of agreement this week for once on the podcast. As always, we like to start off takeaway from week previous. Last week was week five. Zach, what was your takeaway from week five? Um, I guess. I'll just go back off based on the Giants. You know, I didn't really expect them to win. You know, I can't stand the Cowboys. Sorry. You know, I try and be as objective as possible, (laughs) but like just can't really stand Dallas. But I will say they look like a top, maybe a top three team in the NFL, to be completely honest. I mean, Dak doesn't even look like he was hurt. And, you know, that offense goes without saying the defense, Trevon Diggs. I mean, what the hell? I liked him coming out. I don't think anybody expected this, but um, in terms of the Giants, you know, a ton of injuries on the offense. Um, You know, getting Daniel Jones back in clear concussion protocol, so I think he's going to be okay to play against uh, the Rams this weekend. But the biggest X factor to me will be praying to God that Andrew Thomas is available because Nate Solder looked not good against Dallas. But... What about you, man? I mean, Seahawks fans, it was a bit of a uh, rough, rough week. A little bit of a rough week. Russell Wilson seems to think he's coming back in three weeks, so who knows? Geno Smith actually looked pretty good. He's a good backup. I'm happy to have him as backup. I don't know. I'm not expecting too much. Um, yeah, I, I think my biggest takeaway is always bet the under for the win total of the team that loses the Super Bowl because it never seems to fail. It really never does. I don't know what Juju's on that, but it's something. It's something, and it's a stronger Juju than the one on the Steelers right now. But, uh, yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway right now is that. Uh, it looks a whole lot like that might be the Chargers division right now. With the way this week has gone, it looks like it might be the Chargers division. But Thursday night game, tonight. A little bit after recording this podcast, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Bucks with a seven-point edge on the road. 
Zach, let's let you start off. Who are you taking in this one? Yeah, listen, man. I get I get Tampa Bay's on the road. And I understand that, you know, they've had some secondary issues. Richard Sherman's looked a little shaky. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Jamel Dean's back tonight. I could be wrong. But regardless, that secondary has a lot of injuries. I really don't care. I'm not putting a ton of faith into a Philadelphia Eagles team that, you know, came back. It was an impressive win against a Carolina team that, while I know you like, I have didn't really like at all at the beginning of the year, despite some nice young talent. And, you know, they're getting a little exposed right now. So against a Tom Brady-led team on, you know, on the road, I'm just, I'm a big fan of, you know, this line, to be completely honest. I almost locked it up. I didn't I didn't feel great about locking up a uh, road team, even though my lock coming up later is a road team. But, you know, I feel, I feel like this is a very, I feel very, very comfortable taking the Bucks here. And the over-under in this game, it's 51 and a half. I'm probably going to take the under here. I mean, these are two teams, like I said, the Eagles secondary is a very good to begin with, plus... The Bucks are dealing with a lot of secondary issues, so it feels silly taking the under here, but it's a very large line. I believe it is the second, yeah, it's the second, or I'm sorry, third highest of the week. And I just, I look at this game, I get it's prime time, but you know, it would have to, these teams would be having to go like tit for tat, in my opinion. Like it would have to be a close game, like maybe like a 35 to like 27, 35, 31 Bucks win for it to go over, and I don't know. I, I I'm just not confident. In it. What are your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking the same thing in this game. I I am taking the Bucks here. I think the one thing that worries me that didn't get brought up was I believe Brady's. I think it was his hand is messed up, which Philadelphia not necessarily the warmest place to play. That being said, I've seen Brady. I mean, a couple of years ago he had that thing where it required like 16 stitches, and he went out there that same week and played through it. He apparently played through an injury all of last year, won the Super Bowl, and just it's hard to bet against him. I'm, I'm taking the Bucks here as well, minus seven, even on the road. I, I just think they match up pretty well against this Philly team. I, I like Jonathan Gannon a lot as defensive coordinator on the Eagles. I, I think he's on the right trajectory right now. He's done a phenomenal job both with the Colts and with the Vikings before. I, I think if you want to try to beat someone like Tom Brady – I don't want to see the Zimmer approach personally. So I don't love that matchup for them. I'm also going with the under on this. I, I think there's just too many concerns with injuries. Gronk's still out. Brady's playing through a hand injury. Eagles have a ton of injuries on the offensive line. Jalen Hurts is who knows what you're going to get. I mean, he's looked really good at times this year. He's looked like Jalen Hurts at times this year as well. It's just a tough matchup for me to think that it's going to be an over. So Going under, don't feel super confident about that one. Dolphins at the Jaguars. Dolphins favored by three on the road against the Jags. Urban Meyer might have caught a break. Might have caught a break with our uh, live news show on the Gruden uh, headlines being made uh, on our Monday podcast. But kind of stole a lot of the spotlight away from what was going on with Urban Meyer and – I think that might be a good thing for them. I think they're kind of due. I don't love the matchup of the current iteration of Trevor Lawrence against that Dolphins secondary, but 
I don't trust the Dolphins' offense at all. And if you're giving me three points on the road, that's saying you favor the Dolphins by six points. I, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm taking the Jaguars here in this one. I think they're due. I think that this is a, a nice chance for Urban to rebound and get a little bit of uh, pressure off of him. 44.5 over-under, definitely a low over-under. Uh, I'm still going with the under on it. I do think that for everything the Dolphins have, they do have a good defense. I don't like the rest of the team. I'm not a Jacoby Brissett guy. Like their defense, I don't think that the Jags are going to put up a ton of points on them. I also hate the Dolphins' offense with a burning passion, and I think that even the Jaguars' defense will stop them. So I'm expecting a low-scoring game here, something along the lines of 21-14, to 19-17, something along those lines. Zach, doesn't look like you uh, are in lockstep with me on this one. How are you feeling? No, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of uh, on the complete opposite with you. And let me just preface this by saying this is me assuming uh, two is going to come back, which is expected two. I'm not sure if you factored that in. I know you mentioned Brissett, Alex, but... Um, Didn't know yeah, he was going to be back. Does that change your... I'll, I'll give you a mulligan. No. Does that, nah, it doesn't. Right. Nah, yeah. I mean, I fa- I mean, I obviously kind of figured that, and you know what? Tua has he shown a lot in his college or his college his uh and he showed a lot in college but his NFL uh not really but you know he's in a tough situation man I mean he's been yanked a lot and like pulled out of games and whatnot dealt with injuries and whatnot and I just you know I'm rooting for the guy seriously I really feel like um both Miami offensive coordinators yes if you did not know that the Miami Dolphins have two offensive coordinators. Um, I really hope they let him air it out this week because this um, Jacksonville secondary is not very good. I feel like if they put forth a aggressive game plan, even on the road, they could find a lot of success. Plus, the Jaguars are just a dumpster fire. You know, I, you brought up the Gruden point, which just makes sense. It does take kind of, you know, that sting that Urban Meyer has had. But at the end of the day, this just isn't a well-coached or well-constructed, or just a simply, like, talented football team. So I'm going to take the Dolphins on the road. Over on their 44-and-a-half. I'm going to take the over here. You know, combining, you know, Trevor Lawrence that I feel like, you know what, maybe he'll throw an interception or whatever, and he, but he'll still make some plays. I do think both teams are going to have aggressive game plans. I don't think they're going to rely on the running games a lot. I believe both teams don't want to rely on their running games a lot. And I just feel like this could kind of be an exciting game. I'm not super thrilled or super confident about Miami in this game, I will say, but I do like the chances of the 44 and a half being over. I, I really like that line, but regardless, moving on, we have the green Bay Packers going into the windy city, taking on division rival, Chicago bears Packers favored on the road, another road favorite, a lot of road favorites this week. Favored by four and a half. Alex, who are you going to take? In this matchup, I I, uh, I got to go with the pack. You're seeing, man, it, it's, it does seem like every time you get a bitter rivalry game, whatever the better team is tends to not take it as seriously. And it's that kind of underdog team playing up to the level for the rivalry week. Not the case Packers and Bears. I, I do think that there is just some deep-seated hatred the Packers feel towards the Bears, and they always want to take it out on them. 
I don't think Matt Nagy is the type of coach who's going to be able to account for that. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove right now. I think he's starting to get back into the groove a little bit after a non-quite Aaron Rodgersy start. I'm going Packers here. I feel pretty good about that one. I also don't think that the Bears offense, who has been throwing like what, like 11 passes a game or something like that since Justin Fields took over, it hasn't made a whole ton of sense to me. I think that the Packers are starting to get healthier on the defensive side. That pass rush is going to be all sorts after Justin Fields. I don't think he's going to be in a great position to succeed. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going with the Packers in this one. I also think the 44 and a half, again, a very low over under, especially for a Packers game. I'm still taking the under on it. I think that it's going to be the type of game where the Packers get way up early. I think that the Bears are going to really struggle to score. And I think they're going to be trying to run quite a bit. And I think that's going to slow the game down quite a bit. I think then it's going to be the Packers going run heavy because you already know that they like to do that when they get ahead. So I'm expecting less plays run than usual and just a low scoring overall game. That's kind of a bit of a blowout. I don't know. What about you, Zach? Uh, No, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the Packers all the way. And that's interesting what you brought up about like Nagy and like, the offense, 11 passes per game. I'm just going to spitball this idea out here. Um, this, you know, Matt Nagy, Justin Fields situation is kind of, you know, it's similar to what we saw last year going back to the Miami with Brian Flores and Tua. Like, these look like two coaches with young quarterbacks who for some reason just don't really have faith in you know, these rookies, like, playing well right away. And I get it. I mean, they're rookies. These are guys who are trying to win. Not like Ryan Fitzpatrick from Miami or Andy Dalton would do anything or Nick Foles. But I feel like the difference in the situation is that Brian Flores has respect of not only, you know, the Dolphins locker room for the most part, I would believe, but also the media. Like, that. Like people forget that team was – Projected to go like 0 and 16. A lot of people thought that was the worst team. He brought up five games, then they went 10 and 6. Matt Nagy, on the other hand, is like Bears fans are waiting for that next step. So I just want to make that parallel quick. It has nothing to do with this line. Um, yeah, the Packers, the Packers are just better than the Bears, man. Um, you know, the Bears defense, super impressive win last week. They looked really, really good. I'm a big fan of Jalen Johnson, the second year corner out of Utah. Uh, he's been like superb this year and they really need him to step up especially because you know they cut Kyle Fuller and kept Jimmy Graham to keep him for and they could have cut Jimmy Graham to save more money but instead they cut corner where they're painfully thin at and save less money but it's an offensive tackle yes um oh yeah Charles Leno forgot about him but yeah, irregardless, the Packers, simply the better team. Aaron Rodgers, I think I agree with you in terms of the game script. They're going to go up, and, you know, it could be 21 nothing at the half, 21-7 or something like that. Same thing as last Same thing as the last game that we had talked about. Line is 44-and-a-half, like you said. You took the under in that Jags-Dolphins game. I took the over. I'm going to do the same thing here. I'm going – Opposite of you. I do like I agree with you in terms of that game plan. I can see Green Bay going up early, but I but you always gotta remember garbage time, man. I mean these backdoor like covers, backdoor, you know, over unders and stuff like that. You know, they could they really they happen more often than not. And I just see a 
team like the Bears, Justin Fields, they're going to be playing catch up. Their Packers still have an injured secondary. I don't think they're going to get completely shut down. And 44 and a half does feel a little low. So I will take the over here. I get where you're coming from. It's not like a for sure lock for me. Speaking of locks, though, I see we got our first lock of the week coming up. Bengals visiting the Detroit Lions, favored by three points on the road. Dan Campbell's emotional. We saw it last weekend. You know, not in a bad way, even. Just he clearly he wanted that win. It's going to be a bit of an emotional train after. <laughs> How are you feeling about this matchup, Zach? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's another road favorite. That's the problem this week. That's why I said I really am not a fan of this slate because, you know, every week I like just just for like fun, I track it myself. And, you know, you and me, we're in a slack and we have a uh, weekly picks tracker. And I have out of the 14 games, like straight up, I have 10 away teams winning, which I'm always like, yikes, because that just I mean, there's going to be a couple upsets. And it's just like I'm looking at the slate and I just like. It's hard. It's hard. I feel like a lot of these away teams should win because they're better. And, you know, the Bengals are better than the Lions. And I think the difference from that sentence before the year is that we both thought the Bengals and Lions were not going to be good. But the Bengals, you know, despite coming off a game that they should have won, I was actually really pissed off they didn't beat the Packers, man. I like the Bengals. I really do. I like their offense. It's a fun team. And, you know, their fans... It's a good fan base there. They're waiting for uh, some production there. You know, Zach Taylor is kind of maybe has bought himself another season. Depends how the rest of the year goes. But, um, but as I was saying, the Bengals look like a much better team than the Lions. And would I be surprised if Zach Taylor coaches poorly and they blow this fall to five hundred and Dan Campbell gets his first win? I will not be surprised at all. But I just look at the personnel on both sides and. This Lions team, despite them finding their butts off, they just don't have the players, I feel like, to catch up. And especially with a loaded receiving core in Cincinnati, T. Higgins is supposed to be back this week. You know, I think Joe Burrow could have the game of his life against this Detroit team. So I'm going to take the Bengals here. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. And this is my first lock of the week. I'm going to take the under here. Um, and that's mainly because of offensive play calling. In my opinion, I know I just brought up, and I feel like I do this a lot. Like I bring up, oh yeah, this team should score a lot. They're go, they're going up against a poor secondary, but like, I don't know, man. I just don't trust Zach Taylor as a consistent play caller. He's gonna make some silly mistakes. This Detroit defense will be playing hard. They're not gonna roll over against the Cincinnati team at home, or the Lions are at home. They're not gonna be at home and roll over against the Cincinnati team that's zero and five. Um, or that is three and two. God, I just keep messing up my words. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just don't trust either offense on either side really to, you know, put up a lot of points. So I'm just going to take the under here. I'm going to lock that in. I just 48 and a half feels a little or not a little. It feels pretty high for me. I get where you're coming from. I do respect the boldness to say this might be the game of Joe Burrow's life and lock up the under in it. That takes some cojones. So I like that combination. Um, that being said, I agree with you pretty much all the way across the board here. I like the Bengals here. I do think that the Lions have a pretty clear edge on the coaching staff. I think Dan Campbell has looked good to me. I like Aaron Glenn a lot. I'm a big fan of Deuce Staley. 
I like a lot of that coach staff a lot more than I like a lot of the Bengals, except for I think Lou Anarumo has done a fantastic job as the Bengals defensive coordinator. I, I think that the Lions, I, I don't think they've been in a game this year that has gone over 48 and a half points or even really close to it. Uh, so I think that makes me very confident in the under. I didn't lock it up, but I am confident in it. And I think the Bengals are a better team across the board here. Maybe offensive line, you could lean Detroit, and I think you probably would. But outside of that, I don't think there's any area in which the Bengals are not a better team. And I, I think that Joe Burrow is just that guy, and he's starting to show it. So, yeah, and this, this was a pretty clear one for me. This is an easy one for me to choose both of them on. Texans at the Colts. Colts favored by 10 at home. And I am for the first time probably in the history of this podcast taking the Texans against the Lions. Davis Mills didn't look like shit for the first time uh, last week. He actually looked okay. I did not see that coming. Apparently, his uh, key to success is just going up against a shoddy defensive coordinator like Bill Belichick because (laughs) he actually looked pretty good. I got to give him credit last week. And I don't think that the Colts defense looked particularly good last week. They're banged up. They're banged up on the offensive side. And I think that 10 points is just a little too much for me right now for this Colts team. I don't know that I believe in them to that extent. I don't think that they're going to lose this game. I think that I would take good odds uh, that the Colts will win this game. But Got to go Texans here. I just don't see a 10-point edge. Too many ways the Texans can get in there. And I do like the Texans coaching staff, at least Tim Kelly, to score some points. So got to go with that there. I think there's going to be a lot of running, a lot of grounding the game out. That being said, my first over of the week felt very weird to start with four straight unders, especially for myself. I think it was going to be one of the lower scoring weeks in the NFL this year across the board. But I will take the over in this one. I just don't trust either defense right now. I, I don't do it. Um, I, I, my real concern is that I believe Laramie Tunsil will be out for this game. So it's possible that that Colts Wait, front did you line. Take, did you say over or under? I took the over. Oh, okay. Yeah, I took the over in this one. It's the first over I'm taking so far this week. I started off with four straight unders, which felt felt wrong. Oh, my, my bad. I heard you say under, and I was like, it says over right here, and then you were talking. Yeah, about no, no, I'm taking the over on it, uh, and uh, it just comes down to man, if Davis Mills can play anything like he did last week, Carson Wentz has been somewhat turnover uh, averse for once, uh, and I think Jonathan Taylor is going to feast in this one, and. Uh, just going to put some points up. A lot of banged up secondaries in this one. Zach, how are you feeling about it? You see, the NFL is crazy, man, because out of all the teams that you would have thought Davis Mills would not have a really, really, really good game against, it would have been the Patriots. Now he's going up against a Colts team with, as you mentioned, a bunch of injuries and stuff. He should throw for 400 yards. I just don't see it happening. I was not a big Davis Mills fan coming out relative to what his stock was and even his draft position. He was a day three prospect for me. And no, if if I'm wrong, I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm not here to like, if he does well, I'm like, shit, I was wrong about him. He's good. Like, I'm not, I'm not salty like that, but I, I just don't think he'll have that same success. I know I started off these picks in the beginning of the year being, you know, the resident Texans 
homer or whatever you want to call it. But I'm going to take the Colts here. Um, coming off a loss, they're one and four. A very tough loss on Monday Night Football, a game that they should have won. They kind of dropped the big. But I, you know, this Colts team, I'm, I'm going to divvy into my over-under pick. I'm going to take the under just because I don't think, I don't trust the Texans to score at that same rate. Like, I really, I'll be stunned if they score more than 20 points this week. Um, the running game is still inconsistent. And, you know, they're going to need a big Brandon Cooks game. we got to remember, Brandon Cooks, unfortunately, for like two of my fantasy teams, out of like 300 Davis Mills passing yards, got me like 46 yards and no touchdowns. So thank you, Brandon, for that. But regardless, I kind of like this Colts offense, man. You know, Frank Reich, I love him as a coach. Carson Wentz, as you said, has not looked terrible at all this year. And I like some of the weapons they have on offense. Like I like Zach Pascal. He's looked very good this year. And Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman looks like he's taking that next step. His sophomore year in the NFL. Very good size, very good athlete. And, you know, I trust the Colts to score points. And despite it being a divisional game, Colts are at home. I think they're going to be motivated. They're basically out of the playoff hunt. But, you know, go to two and four, spark some hope. So I like the Colts here. But I also like the under. But regardless, moving on. Game of the week. Matthew Stafford, a hobbled Daniel Jones, Rams at Giants. Rams. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sounding so dramatic right now. Giants are going to get killed in this game. Rams are favored by 10 and a half. I'm, I'll just say it right now. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, you know, Daniel Jones got off to a bit of a slow start last week, but he still has looked really good this year. Alex, I know you are, like, objectively a pretty big Daniel Jones fan. But he's looked really good. It looks like Shepard and Slater are going to come back. So him, along with Canarius Tony, will be there. I, Galladay is not looking likely at all. Saquon's probably not going to play, so it's going to be the Devontae Booker show. But still, this Rams offense, it's just so freaking good that I think they're going to just, you know... A, player like a secondary with Jabril Peppers who's underperforming, Logan Ryan and James Bradbury, which is a massive disappointment considering we just restricted we excuse me, restructured his contract. You know, I I think Matt Stafford will have some success about against us and you know, the offense won't be pretty. I'll, I'll 47 and a half, I'm going to take the under in that game. What do you think, Alex? You know, it's funny. I uh I had it written down to agree with you on both of these. And uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to make some switches here. I, I think that I'm actually going to switch to taking the Giants. And I think that I am going to switch to the over. So I'm switching both both bets on this. That is I, uh, a translation for Alex didn't know that Daniel Jones was playing. And that you are correct. Shepard that is exactly what this Slayton. was. Don't care as much about Shepard as Slayton. They got Kadarius Tony, Animal. Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, it's just about Daniel Jones, man. I think he's good. And I think that really when you're on the road, 10 and a half, the biggest line of the week, that's really 13 and a half points is what they're saying. I, I don't know that I think that. I mean, a hobbled Seahawks team kept it very, very close and could have won that game last week. I, I think this 
Giants team does have a better secondary. For whatever reason, they do seem to play like a somewhat better offense with Saquon out for no clear reason. I don't know why that is. Oh, 100%. Pick up um, anybody listening. If you listen to this before Sunday, pick up Devontae Booker because he's going to have worst case. He's either going to go off for like 94 yards and have like somehow 40 receiving yards or he's going to have some like 16 carry for 39 yard performance with like two or three touchdowns. Pick him up. So, yeah, I do not feel good at all about taking the Giants. And I just that was a spur of the moment. I was like, you know, if I'm doing one, let's do both. Let's get you know aggressive on this podcast. (laughs) But uh, Aaron Donald might just destroy that offensive line's world. And Daniel Jones is, as much as I like him, notably loose with the football when he gets the daylight drilled out of him. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. But I think this uh, Rams team is a little overrated for where they are right now. I think they're a very good team. Don't get me wrong. Just beat my team last week and took Russell Wilson out for a couple weeks. But maybe a little bit overrated. Um, And then I also think uh, this is a vendetta pick. I see. Yeah. No, I just think, I think the line's too big. If this line was nine, I would actually still no, be taking the Rams. I, I agree, but I just don't trust. But 47 and a half point over under, I had the under and it was just because, well, hedging my bet. It's close. Daniel Jones might not play. Now that I know he's playing, I'm taking it. I'm taking the over. I, I think they will be able to score some points. And I think that if they don't score points, it's going to be because there was a bunch of turnovers in the Rams' favor. And I think that with Sean McVay there, he'll just blow a team out of the water. He loves to do that. So taking the over, switching it up, taking the coward's way out <laughs> on the podcast, switching both of those. The two and three Kansas City Chiefs. floundering their way to the Washington football team, still favored by six and a half points on the road. Got another lock here, I see. I'm going Chiefs here. I don't have to overthink this one too much. That Washington football team defense is probably the most disappointing unit in the entire NFL for me, I would say, so far this year. It just doesn't make sense. It's so much better on paper than what it has been in practice. It looked good last year. I like both Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio as coaches. It's just not working. They're not doing it. And it's just been, can Taylor Heineke pull some magic? And I don't think that that is the recipe to beat this Chiefs team, personally. I, I think that they, for one, finally match up somewhat well against an offense. I think the Chiefs can force Taylor Heineke into enough erratic decisions that some will go in their favor. And I think that if this football team defense can't get their shit together, Patrick Mahomes is going to eat them alive. Definitely taking the Chiefs. Didn't lock them up, but thought about it. 55 over under. I'm always taking the over with the Chiefs. I don't care what line you throw out there. If it's not 65 or higher, I'm taking the over because I think they do have probably the most explosive offense in the NFL. They like to run a lot of plays, and their defense is garbage. And so for me, especially when they're going up against a team that also is just trying to make crazy plays happen on offense, and a sieve on defense. I don't know how to say a sieve, sieve, however you say it. Sieve. On defense, feel very, very good about the over there. Again, very close to my lock, but not my lock. Zach, you agreeing with me, or are you wrong? Um, No, I'm agreeing with you. I'll start off with the over-under just because, as you said, it's so obvious. I mean, I probably should have locked that up, too. I mean, 55, it just feels so low, especially two teams with incredibly poor defenses. I mean – if I could do another lock, that would be that one. I kind of want to switch it. I might, but you know what? I'll keep it Bengals and Lions. I'll keep it different instead of keeping my locks the same game. Um, 
I'm also going to take the Chiefs. This is my second lock. So I have both my locks out of the way before you do. I'm curious to see what yours are. But, you know, the thing with Washington football team is that I wasn't really that big on them coming into the year. Like, I thought the Cowboys were the best team in that division. I thought they were going to win the NFC East. And, you know, obviously the defensive line on Washington, they've been playing well, but not as good as we thought. Like, Chase Young just got his first sack of the year last year, last week. I know sacks aren't everything, but still, not the production we expected. There's also two other factors I just want to mention quickly. The secondary, I get they sign William Jackson. Not a lot of good coverage guys in there. I mean, Kendall Fuller looks like he's taking a step back. That safety duo of Landon Collins and Cameron Curl. Landon Collins, I'm not just saying this is a salty Giants fan, man. He looks cooked out there. Like, he is really struggling in coverage. Cameron Curl, I like him. He should probably, I mean, it's hard because they both feel like they would be better, better suited playing towards the line of scrimmage, not, you know, like roaming, being free guys. And also, Jamin Davis, I liked him as a prospect, the rookie first-round pick and linebacker. He's their Mike. He's the one, you know, I, I liked him. I had a third-round grade on him. I thought he needed some seasoning. Him getting thrown into the mix, I've seen some people say he's the their pick for defensive rookie of the year, and I just don't see that, man. I feel like a lot of people overlook these little things. They look at Ron Rivera. He's a good coach. And, yeah, I just – that's a reason why I think uh, Washington's struggling. But still, I mean, this is a great get-right spot for the Chiefs. I fully expect Patrick Mahomes to really ball out, try and limit mistakes, but play a safe game. And I do think they will very, very easily get the job done against a disappointing Washington football team. Moving on, we have the Minnesota Vikings heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Panthers favored by one. Alex, who do you like here? Panthers favorite at one. It hurts me to do this. I think this is the first time I've done it all year, but I am going to take the Vikings in this one. It's close, man. I, I go back and forth on this game a lot. I've been really impressed with the Vikings have been recently. I, I think they've been really underrated as a team this year. A couple heartbreaking losses that shouldn't have happened and then some good wins. I think they've looked good on both sides of the ball. I don't understand how Mike Zimmer is having this much success with the defense that he does have there. I think in particular, their defensive line has looked very good, very good. They're destroying pockets, and that makes me a little bit nervous going up against a, a Panthers offensive line that has looked a little rough, gotten banged up the last couple of weeks, and we've started to see a bit of an erratic Sam Darnold, and that scares me a bit against this team, and I think that their offense is just really, really good. I don't know that the Panthers are going to match up very well against this outside zone. I think it is a very good way to handle this very blitz-heavy Panthers defense. I think the wide receivers can match up pretty well against the cornerbacks there. So I got to take the Vikings here. I'm not super confident. This game's a coin flip to me, so I could see it going three points either way. I, I just feel better about the trajectory of the Vikings right now. Over-under is 54.4, or pardon me, 45.5. I'm going with the over on it. I, I do think that we're going to see some points in this game. I think there's a good chance that Chris McCaffrey comes back. I don't think that either secondary is going to look particularly great in this game. I, I trust the Panthers' offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, obviously quite a bit. 
And I think that Darnold, it's going to be a worst case scenario. He's throwing some interceptions, which just leads to more points. I, I think that Kirk Cousins is going to look good. The one situation I can see where it makes me a little nervous is if a bunch of those blitzes do start to get home, they can't quite get the run game going as they, as they can. Maybe Shaq Thompson comes back fully healthy. I start to get a little bit worried about what happens when Kirk Cousins has defenders in his face all day. That being said, don't think it's going to happen this week. I think this is one of the more fun matchups to watch. I don't really know how it's going to go. I think both teams are going to threaten for that uh, last wild card spot. What about you, Zach? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. I don't feel great about it. Only Not only because it's another, you know, we're, I'm picking another road team. I mean, it's basically a pick of minus one. Like, we think the Vikings are going to win this game. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully both teams get their running backs back. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. I think both teams are going to rely on the run game a lot. The Vikings typically do in general, you know, a lot of play action with Kirk Cousins, get the ball to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. But even if those guys aren't there, like Chuba Hubbard looked pretty good last week, and Alex Madison, despite the fumble, he looked pretty good as well, you know. And I could also see Carolina relying on that running game plenty more, regardless of if it's McCaffrey or Hubbard, to, you know, maybe work the short passing game with Donald, get his confidence back after having, you know, not only the worst performance of his career, but a come-from-behind loss, so... You know, we've seen Sam, he got, kind of gets shaken up, has some confidence issues in the past. So, you know, I think that ties into my pick, 45 and a half. It's super low. I think we're going to take the under here. I don't feel great about it, but I feel like both teams really going to rely on the run game. I could see this being like a 24-17 Vikings victory. Both teams relying, you know, getting putting the good ball on the ground, churning out first downs winning that time of possession battle. It's definitely going to be one of those games that can go any direction. I I don't feel like super strongly about anything. I think it's just going to be a fun game to watch. As will this next game. Chargers at the Ravens. Chargers have looked awesome. Brandon Staley has to be the Vegas favorite for Coach of the Year right now. Ravens coming off some really emotional victories. They've just been pulling it out by their, like, by their nails this whole year, it seems like to me. Lamar Jackson looked the best I'd ever seen him, certainly as a passer. He was amazing last weekend. I loved seeing that. And uh, it's a tough game, man. Ravens favored by three at home. That means they're basically calling it a toss-up. How do you feel about this uh, big matchup, Zach? I, I mean, this looks to be the game of the week. You know, I like both teams win. Maybe the next game. Ways. Maybe the next game. We'll see. Nah, I, I like this matchup a little better. Just because, you know, I like the defenses on both units more. Uh, especially the Chargers. Brandon Staley, I love that hire coming in. Not only because he had was a defensive coordinator who was excellent with the personnel they had in Los Angeles last year. He also has offense. He used to be a quarterback coach. You know, so he does both sides of the ball. It's kind of like a two-for-one package. And I love the Chargers. Heading into the year, I thought they were going to be like an 11-12 win team. I like the Ravens there, man. I really do. At home, fave. I mean, going back to like your point about, I mean, this game is also basically a pick em. Ravens are only favored by a field goal, which I can see. And despite their struggles last week, I feel like they're starting to get in that groove. And Lamar Jackson, I feel like he'll be more of a threat on the ground. Plus, coming off the best 
not even passing performance, maybe the best performance overall in his entire football career last week. I think he will have that confidence. I think he will play well. And the Ravens, Brandon Staley's a great coach. John Harbaugh, he's been around longer. And I feel like in a matchup between two minds with the play calling and all that stuff, I like the Ravens here. And it's kind of crazy because, like, the Chargers, they have the same record, I'm pretty sure. They're both 4-1, and one, and it feels like an upset taking the Ravens, even though they're at home and they're favored. But, man, I just, like, Ravens have gotten a little lucky, but I, I think this could be their – this could be the game that despite that the fact that they are 4-1, and one, this shows people, like, okay, we are a legitimate contending football team. Like, we can win the Super Bowl. And for the over-under 51 – I think it'll be a high-scoring game, man. I'm going to go with the over here. I think Herbert's going to ball out. Lamar will ball out. Offenses should be fun. And, yeah, I am beyond stoked for this game. This is my favorite game of the week. Yeah, it, it's right there for me. I, I think I slightly prefer the next one. But, I mean, these last, this game and the Vikings-Panthers are really fun games that I'm going to be monitoring closely. I, I will say I think – I'm going to make a bold prediction for this game before I even give my picks. I'm going to predict okay. two of the most analytically strongest driven teams in the NFL. I think this game will set a record for combined going for it on fourth downs. That, that's my bold prediction. I think that's going to happen. Uh, I, I'm taking the charge in this one. I think it's a coin flip, and I think they're two evenly matched teams, so – Taken away from the just give me the team that doesn't have the points. I think, particularly how they've had to pull it off the last couple of weeks, the Ravens might be a little bit of an emotional letdown. Chargers do have to go across the country, so who knows on that? It should be fun. It should be really fun. Got to shout out, give some props to Greg Roman, who I've always hated his second, and third iterations of offenses. He's done a really good job, kind of building up vertical shots off of that run game. That being said, if there's one thing Brandon Staley does very well, it is take away vertical shots. So that makes me kind of feel a bit better about the Chargers. Kind of see what happens here. This game could go either way. I'm taking the under just because I think it's going to be a run-heavy game. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of going for it on fourth down, a lot of 13, 14 play drives. I think that's going to slow down the scoring just a bit. I don't feel confident in it at all. I think it's a very fair line. I could easily see it being the over. I think it's just going to be one of those fantastic games where uh, potentially has its implications in the MVP race with how Herbert's playing and how Lamar Jackson was last week. So really looking forward to that one. Also really looking forward to seeing the undefeated Arizona Cardinals going to Cleveland to face the Browns. Browns are favored by two and a half points. Pretty much a pick them given the fact the Browns are at home. And I'm taking the Browns in this one. I, uh, I was a little surprised to see who you picked as well. I, I thought I might be going out on a limb here, taking the Browns personally, but I think they match up pretty well against, uh, against Arizona. I think that their defensive line is really set up well to put pressure on Kyler Murray and uh, kind of slow him down just a bit there. I, I think that uh, JOK is a really, really, really good spy for someone like Kyler Murray, I think that's a huge asset to have. And I also think their offense matches up pretty well against that defense. I think if they can start bouncing the ball outside, kind of slow down that pass rush a bit. I don't know if the um, Browns, who have had just the hardest schedule, I feel like, this last couple weeks, 
uh, are going to have their tackles back. I know they're on their third and fourth string tackles at the end of the game last week. Depends how Baker plays. That always makes me nervous. Uh, Battle of the Oklahoma quarterbacks that went number one overall. Not super sure about this game. Could go either way. I'm taking the Browns. I am locking up my first lock of the week, though, the over in this game. I think points are going to get scored, and I think that these are two extremely explosive offenses, and I think that they are going to need the points to score. I haven't been super impressed with how the Browns have been uh, keeping points off the board on the defensive side. I think their offense is going to look very good against Arizona, so feel very good about the over in this one. What about you, Zach? Uh, Yeah, I'm right on the money with you, man. I'm going to take the Browns in this game, and I agree with a lot of what you said. I feel like both teams match up well. Baker Mayfield, he's due for a pretty decent game against a defense that, while the pass defense hasn't looked that bad, another factor, the Browns have two top ten running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they're both playing like them. Arizona, as of Right now, through five games, they are 28th in the NFL in rushing yards per game allowed. They are allowing 139 rushing yards per game. I, uh, yeah, I mean, that is not a good recipe for success. I think Stefanski is going to go back to his roots. You know, he was criticized a little bit for, like, his late-game play calling last week. But in the end, I feel like he's going to go back to what his identity is and what the Browns' identity is, and that's time of possession, kill the clock, use your two best weapons on offense in terms of skill players. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, just gashed the Cardinals, and I am confident that Browns will come back, come out on top and hand Arizona their first loss of the season. I'm with you on the over, too. Don't feel as strongly about it, only because, as I mentioned, you know the running factor in it, me feeling that they're going to be very run-based, is going to you know, kind of alter that line a little bit. But 50 feels a little low for two teams with – Above average to really good offenses. I'll take the over here. Moving on, the Las Vegas Raiders in the news for all the wrong reasons going against the Denver Broncos. Broncos favored by three and a half at home. I'm going to take the Raiders on this. And maybe it was a right for me to say, you know, the team is in. I mean, I guess they are. I mean, given the whole John Gruden thing, we're not going to get into that. I mean, I'm sure me... Me and Alex both, you know, disavow and, like, don't agree with anything Coach Gruden said. I mean, that was pretty uh, – Whoa, cool. don't put words in my mouth. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do disavow what he said. I just uh, – I don't know. Had to say it. Had to make a joke there. Probably shouldn't have. Is what it is. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so now that will be uh, labeled as bigots. Thank you for that, Alex. Um, uh, no, but <laughs> – Especially Zach, German name, clearly racist. I don't even know what Jensen is, Irish or whatever, Scandinavian. You're probably like Scandinavian or something. I am Danish, yeah. <laughs> On the Danish money, last name. But anyway, uh, the Raiders, I like them in this game. And, you know, it feels silly. The Broncos' defense did not look as good. They were very disappointing against the Steelers last week. I thought the Steelers were going to win, but, man, that defense, it just did not – they made Big Ben look passable. Like, it was nuts. And the Raiders, you know – Going from John Gruden to Rich Passaccia, it's obviously a big jump, but Rich Passaccia has been in the league for a very long time. He has, has over 30 years coaching experience. I've heard nothing but great things about him. He's interviewed for head coaching jobs. And just listening to him talk, he's just such an honest guy. You know, being a special teams coach, he works with 
most of the roster, to be honest, and everything that I've read, everything that I've heard, even not just in Oakland, but in the past, like people love this guy. And I feel like the Raiders, not only dealing with this whole news story with Gruden and the emails or whatever, they're pissed about losing to the Bears last week. Like that was a game that that team definitely feels like they should have won. Derek Carr did not play well. And I think in a divisional game on the road, I just don't trust Denver. Even coming off a disappointing loss, I think it's a disappointing loss again. I will take the Raiders here. 44.5 over under. I'm going to take the under here. It's super low, but I just I don't think it's going to be a pretty game at all, to be honest. But I like the Raiders coming out on top. Kind of silence the critics. And I get where you're coming from a little bit. I, I These games are always weird to pick when a coach gets fired. Or not, I guess he technically quit, but... You know, you get a scandal like this coming out, and it just – you never know how a team's going to respond. It's either going to be a strong one way or another. you got to assume. I'm going with the Broncos here. I I think they have the better overall roster. I don't know who's going to be in at quarterback. Either way, I I think they'll be able to function fine against this Raiders secondary. I'm not super impressed with their secondary. I think their offensive line is good enough to hold up against a pretty good Raiders pass rush. I just it, – it's so easy for me to see the Raiders potentially crumbling with everything that's going on. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, especially going to Denver, which is one of the hardest places to play for – play, uh, you know, against uh, this Broncos team just because the altitude factor, huge home field advantage, only three-and-a-half-point line, very, very good defense on the Broncos. I think Vic Fangio, for whatever Masaji might be – I know you were Masaji and his ego a little bit there – but uh, like massaging, a little wordplay. Oh my! Massaging. Am I? Am I yeah. missing something? It's the coach's last name, right? Massagia. Bisagia. Oh, it's Bisagia. Oh, whatever. I haven't paid too much attention to the Raiders special teams coach. I'm gonna be honest with you. It sounds like you've done a lot of in-depth work. I haven't. I don't care because I know catching L's. Left and right. That, that Vic he's Fangio. Like, he's about to have an eight for weeks. Look, I got seven L's to play with because I got that seven W lead. So yeah, is what it is. <laughs> I'm taking the Broncos here. I, I trust Vic Fangio significantly more, uh, and I'm taking the over in this one just because I think that there's a chance that we are going to see some sloppy QB play on both sides, a lot of turnovers. And I think that these are two offenses that have a chance to be explosive this week. No idea what the Raiders are going to do. So makes me kind of lean over on that one. Cowboys at the New England Patriots, who just got carved up by Davis Mills, similar to the 2020 UW football team. Unfortunately, Davis Mills destroyed us. Cowboys favored by four points on the road against the Patriots. Weird to see that still. Still used to the Brady that being favored every single week. I'm locking up the Cowboys in this one. I feel very good about it. Cowboys look awesome. Kellen Moore could have been the head coach at the University of Washington. He expressed a ton of interest in the job, actually expressed interest in the offensive coordinator position. But we have John Donovan, baby. Uh, That hurts. That hurts. Kellen Moore looks like an absolute genius, and they need it because I still do not trust that Cowboys head coach at all. I think they should just give him the job to kill him more, to be honest with you. But offense looks awesome. Patriots defense does not look as awesome as I'm used to. Patriots offense, I don't love Mac Jones in this matchup. 
I, I think that he is very good at carving up defenses. I like Mac Jones a lot. I think he's looked like the best rookie quarterback so far. I think that he still is showing that troubling lack of arm strength that has shown up in the red zone quite a bit. And I, I think that this is the wrong Cowboys team to be doing that against. They're very good at getting their hands on the football. 49 point over under. I'm going to take the under just because I think the Cowboys are going to get way up early. Patriots want to run the ball. Mac Jones is definitely a, you know, 12 play drive type quarterback when he does get it in there. And I, I think the Cowboys are just going to be running out the game for a lot of it. So I'm taking the under on this one. Zach, looks like you agree. Yeah, I do agree. Um, to all the Patriots fans, you know, we have a lot of, or Michael, know, being shout from out. New York. Yeah. Shout out Michael. Uh, Backup left tackle, Bridgewater State. Enjoy the Red Sox this week. Yes. Go go Red Sox, by the way. Go Red Sox. But anyway, um, for the Patriots fans that are looking for Josh McDaniels to open up the playbook more for Mac Jones, which I've seen on Twitter and wherever I look, Patriots fans, that's what they're complaining about. I hate to break it to you. This isn't going to be the week for that. I think they're going to rely on a short passing game, as you brought up, Alex, the run game. And... I just – I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, imagine saying a Cowboys versus Patriots game five years ago would have been boring. Like, this game just kind of bores me. Like, Cowboys are good. Don't get me wrong. I don't like seeing the Cowboys succeed, but they're a very fun and a very talented football team. And the Patriots, that offense does not look good. The defense, I mean, they almost lost to the freaking Texans last week. I mean, so they've obviously taken a step back. Some guys are getting older. Um, not locking up the Cowboys like you, but I feel very, very, very confident they'll win. And 49, I'm taking the other. That that line feels really, really high. That feels very Dallas-based, in my opinion. But moving on to our penultimate game of the week, Sunday Night Football, baby. Geno Smith and... Primetime Geno. Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks take on Ben Roethlisberger's Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. And the Steelers are favored by four and a half. I'll keep it short and simple. I think the Steelers are going to win this. I get Geno Smith. He didn't look terrible last week, but still, this guy has not, you know, started a game in a while. The Seahawks are a team that, it goes back to that old, I forget who said it. Was it Bill Polian or Tony Dungy or something quote about, I don't know. It might have even been Bill Park. It couldn't have been Bill Barcells about they, don't, they didn't have a good backup for Peyton Manning, and whoever it was said it'd be like a 12 goes down, we're fucked. That's basically how the Seahawks kind of operate in my mind. You know, like, I don't think expectations are high for as long as Russ is out the defense. While they don't look as awful as they did last year, still isn't a good unit. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, they that offense played with more confidence last week, and I feel like Najee Harris is going to have a pretty good game. Juju out for the year, but Chase Claypool looks like an absolute stud. It'll be a battle between the last two athletic freak wide receivers we've seen coming out. DK Metcalf first, Chase Claypool. But I like the Steelers in this game. 41 and a half, though. I'm going to take the under here. I mean, both offenses are just bleh, just disgusting. I'm not a fan of it. Curious to hear what you want to say, Alex. Yeah, I just want a quick shout. I don't know if this makes me a homer or not, but in a battle of DK Metcalf and Chase Claypool, give me DK all damn day. Yeah, definitely like DK in that matchup. Yeah. But that doesn't that, kind of that a, doesn't make you a homer. Sorry to okay. that doesn't make goodness you a homer. goodness that makes you have common sense. Kind of a weird matchup. I, I do think this is a winnable game for the Seahawks. I, I think that 
the Steelers are a beatable team for us. Uh, I, I think that their cornerback room does not match up super well against our wide receiver group. I think that our defense can be fine against our offense, like most offense, most defenses can. I uh, I know I'm not too worried about them putting up a ton of points against us. Najee Harris doesn't scare me when we've got Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner sitting there. I, I think our pass has been better than normal. Chase Claypool might go off. That could happen this week. I don't think we have a corner that can match them really. But Geno Smith getting his first start in however many years it's been, going across the country to play against the Sewers defense where we have, I believe, Jake Curran still starting at right tackle, undrafted rookie free agent, going up against TJ Watt off the edge and the rest of that front seven. That scares me, man. That's a recipe for a bit of disaster for the Seahawks. If Geno Smith can play anything like he did the second when he came in that game last week, I think that I would take Seahawks in this one for sure. He actually looked very good. It's just a huge thing to ask him, especially going up against that pass rest. So I am going to take the Steelers here as well. 41 and a half, lowest over-under in the week. I'm taking the over on it. I think Keno Smith looked decent. I think there's probably going to be some turnovers in this game. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to look fantastic, but I think they will be able to score. Matt Canada, what he wants to do on offense is pretty much what the Seahawks are built to let teams do against them. So I think it'll be over over the 41 and a half. I think it'll be something on the lines of 27-21. We'll see how it goes. I'm somewhat optimistic, but I think that if I'm being rational, I'm taking the Steelers in this one. Bills, probably the best team in football right now. Looked fantastic on both sides of the ball. Going up against the Titans, favored by five on the road. Zach, what are you taking in this game? I'm going to go with the Bills here. Um, The Titans, you know, that defense, I just don't trust that secondary, which sucks because they have a lot of young talent, but Josh Allen, he's been going back to the way he's been playing, out of his mind. Um, I do think the Titans could have some success in this game. The line is pretty big, 54. I'm going to take the over here. looks like you agree with me on both fronts. I will let you explain your piece. But, yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, he may be the second-best quarterback in the league. He really might be, which is crazy because I hated him coming out. I still can't believe it. I've gone from, like, the biggest Josh Allen hater. Like when people were saying he was a first round pick, man, I was like, you're an idiot. This guy's completing 57% of his passes at Wyoming. And he's supposed to be like a top five pick. There were rumors. He was going to go number one to Cleveland, which I mean, probably would have been the right pick at the time, either him or Lamar, but sure. They're happy with Baker and, you know, Brandon Bean and the Bills, Sean McDermott, all those guys over there are happy. They have Josh Allen. I think they, uh, win this game and, you know, keep stranglehold of being the best team in the AFC this year. Yeah. Side note, can you imagine Lamar Jackson on this Cleveland team? Oh my God. That would be so fun. That would be so fun. They'd be the best team in football. That being said, yeah, I I think that the Titans kind of have a boring kind of milk toast defense and it is not the right unit to be going up against Josh Allen right now. I, uh, yeah, not huge on that. Elijah Molden siding last weekend. He actually had a pretty good week, but I think this is easily a Bills call for me. I don't think the five five point line is close to enough. I do think this is going to be a decent week for Derrick Henry. AJ Brown will probably show up a bit better. Bills Leslie Frazier has defense looking phenomenal on all aspects of the defense, and they held the Chiefs to twenty points. I mean that was 
that was one of the most dominant performances I've seen. I expect them to score 38 points. I expect them to win the game outright. I called it on the podcast. Did not expect the defense to look that good. I think there's a there's a world in which the Titans really struggle on both sides of the ball, and this game is an absolute blowout. But I still think they'll score enough to get over the 54-point over-under. I, I'm with you on lockstep here. We agree to close it out. You love to see that. Zach... I have to balance. We're going up against time. We're right at the 60 minutes right now. Pleasure as always. I really do enjoy these podcasts with you. I hope that I can continue the lead because it's more fun for me when I've got that little edge there. But you've been creeping up on me. You've been creeping up on me. And last week, the first week, we posted the exact same record. I'm excited to watch these games. It definitely makes me feel like I've got a little bit on the line every game. I don't know about you. Nah, I mean, uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Just going to get that out of the way. But uh, all the support you guys have given us. Five stars on Apple Music, bro. Straight up. Let's go. Bunch of five-star reviews. Um, It's a five-star podcast. It is a five-star podcast. You know what, man? You're a five-star guy. Oh, my goodness. That's a five-star compliment. Oh, my God. But anyway, um, (laughs) no, yeah, I, I love doing these podcasts, man. Probably my favorite one to do, and we'll be back to talk to you guys. You'll hear from us probably Tuesday. Probably going to go over another position group for the NFL draft. We'll decide what that is, but regardless, you're going to hear from us next weekend. Alex, you have a great night, sir. I will. Looking forward to talking to you next Monday. Also looking forward to seeing this Bucks eagles game. Let's go, Bucks. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening. And I'm all yours Not for the money and it's not for the applause uh, No, uh, it's for the noise, please, sex, 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 sex,